But that's that's weird though, because I always, well, I guess I never consider that Manhattan has wildlife. I don't live in Manhattan. Oh, I moved yeah, to wait. Long Island, and Long well, Island, where where I live, is I live fifty miles out of Manhattan, and uh, I live in a town that's on a bay. And there's a ton. I mean, there's raccoons that go up to our porch. Like it's not like the old days, you know. So, like when you walk out onto your street, what does it look like? I can show you. Hold on. It looks like the suburbs. Well, it looks. It looks like the burbs. Yeah, it is the burbs. In my in my mind, I guess it's like your stereotypical um, sitcom New York street. Like 30, no. 30 Rock is what I think. No, I live in the suburbs. It's the country. What? That is not at all. Well, we, when we started the show, we did it in Manhattan. And I lived in Manhattan when we started the show. And then when I got back together with Linda, we, I moved out here. And, um, and I've lived here for, I don't know, I've lived here for four and a half years or something. But we also, we often, we, we went, oh, stupid cat. We also... You and I did a bunch of shows where I was at my dad's house, though. That's, I just understand why you'd be confused. Yeah, that 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 makes more sense as to why I'm getting that that mental image of. Um, yeah, I've just never been. I've never been to New York State or city. I really. Come, you should have come to DopeyCon. It was a huge. Mistake. I know. Well, I'll come to the next one whenever it's allowed. I know. What's the? So I, I actually had. Uh, or I have tickets for Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle um, in New Orleans this coming weekend, but I don't think that's happening now because did they can't, are they canceling it? Are they canceling everything down there now? Well, there's no power. Oh yeah. What is it yeah. like down there? there so <laughs> it's so funny. Like we're, I, we're, I'm so it's, so funny to not think about how other yeah. people have to live. We had the hurricane not come to us and it actually came to you guys. Yeah. So yeah, a bunch of funny. So it was my birthday Wednesday. And so I had this, this happy birthday. Thank you. The big three. How old are you? 34. The big three. 34. Four. That is that is a, a word, a phrase I never thought would come out of my mouth that I am 34 years old. Like, this is that oldest, is this is the oldest you've ever been. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, this is Dave from Dopey Podcast. If you don't know who he is by now, I don't know what to tell you. That's OK. It's um, fair enough. Yeah. Thirty four. That is God. Like when I was 18, you might as well have said it's the same as 80 to me. Like it's just a foreign concept that will never come to pass because you will be dead by 23 for sure or 27 at the max. Uh, and I, I surpassed, I, <laughs> my cheeky, um, Christian suicidal ideation. I always said that Jesus, uh, chose to die at 33 because that's the maximum tolerable amount of time to spend on earth, but I'm past that. So uh, uh, how, tol how tolerable are you finding it? Uh, I, I could have gone at 33. <laughs> Chris, I think Chris died just before he was going to turn uh, 34. See? Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. He was very, very Christ-like, that Chris. He was. Very Chris-like. Um, but, dude, so, happy birthday. And it's like, dude, you're, you're here, and it's best to make the best of it, because what the fuck? You yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Well, so check it. So... On Saturday, I was supposed to debut. I also finished up my Mandalorian armor cosplay costume. It looks freaking amazing, if I do say so myself. And I was supposed to debut it at a Comic-Con on Saturday. And then that night, originally, we were going to do a murder mystery birthday party thing. It was this huge thing we planned for. We canceled that because I got COVID and then a bunch of other people got COVID and around here, it was just like, uh, that's probably not the best idea. So we, how we, sick did you get? I got really sick. I got really sick. Like for 
two days I got really sick. Uh, th- a third day, pretty sick. There was one point um, when I, I woke up and, and on a Wednesday morning, it all, a lot of it was like my mental health because I, I was without insurance for like four days of it. And so I was like really paranoid and, and anxious that something the worst case scenario is going to happen and I'm going to be shit out of luck because I don't have insurance. That was my fear. So it was like one morning I woke up in a full on panic attack of, of just like, Oh my God, I I need to go to the hospital, but there's no hospital beds and I don't have insurance. What am I going to do? But I just drank some NyQuil and went to sleep and it was fine. Um, and that's and, my own arm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would so it wasn't until day seven that I woke up and I was like, okay, I'm I'm it's past. Like I'm better. My smell is just now kind of coming back. It's like it picks that's and awesome. chooses. Yeah, I never lost my taste, interestingly enough. I have lots of questions. Can I ask you some questions? Yes, sir. Question number one, did you find COVID to be similar at all to withdrawal? Yes, I did. Oh, let me, before I forget. So to finish all that birthday stuff. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It it was, it was a quick wrap up, but so all those plans canceled due to hurricane. (laughs) So it, it was first, it was canceled due to COVID. Then it was canceled due to category four hurricane. So well, Which, postponed or canceled? Uh, postponed, postponed. Okay. So, and we didn't, uh, Lafayette didn't have like really anything bad happen um, for the hurricane, but New Orleans is still without power. All my friends in Baton Rouge are still without power and they're really not sure like when they're getting it back. So I don't know if, if you know, selfish me, how, now I can't go see Dave Chappelle with all these people out of power, but we'll see. Um, yes. They'll postpone it. They'll postpone it. It was, and this is from last year that it got postponed because of COVID. That's just like, it's, it's so funny. Everything is just, you can't plan on it. Um, it's like, I have planning PTSD. Or like, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I saw Dave Chappelle once at uh radio city just he's so good he's He's so good he's my favorite he's also my favorite gif or my favorite gif is the uh dave chappelle as rick james kicking eddie murphy's couch fuck your couch yeah that's my whole life now my whole life is fuck your couch it's good yeah it's the best (laughs) so so let's let's compare your experience of covid with did it remind you of kicking at all uh, yes, it did. Yeah, because I wanted to compare it to yours because you had OG COVID. I most likely had Delta variant COVID. Um, the similarities to withdrawal for me were I had a runny nose. My muscles, not my bones, but my muscles really ached and hurt. And my stomach was jacked up. And I didn't really have restless legs, but kind of like restless body. A a plus, like my friend asked me, would you rather the flu or this? And I said the flu. No, no, no. Yeah, I said the flu. But one good blessing was that. So, you know how like with the flu and uh, detoxing from dope, any texture on your skin feels awful so with covid i could still snuggle up to a blanket and it felt good so i was like okay that's uh, because that's the worst it's like you're so tired and you're so you you're craving the sweet caress of something but any if anybody touches you any kind of physical contact feels so terrible uh i did not have that um that's funny i forgot i forgot that sensation you know yeah it's the it's the worst it's the worst yeah it it did it did definitely have some similarities to to kicking dope though for sure what was yours like because you said you didn't even really feel that bad no i did i did 
Oh. When I got it, when I got it, I went like I, the, I, I came, I, I was working, right? I was working at, uh, I was catering. So I was catering at a Wells Fargo office in Manhattan and I had COVID, you know, my, my nose is running. I'm coughing. It was March 13th. It was the first day. And I'm, I basically am serving coleslaw onto all these bankers trays. And I'm like, little COVID for you, a little COVID. I probably killed 10 people at Wells Fargo. Oh my God. Um, they, they probably deserved it. Well, I'm on my way home. The train is packed with people, you know, it was packed like a cattle car of people. <laughs> and I'm sitting and I'm sitting across from this guy and the guy was really weird. He was talking about conspiracy theories. He was talking about all sorts of weird sci-fi shit. He was weird. And he started coughing. And I said, I said, dude, I hope you're not sick. I said to him because I didn't, I didn't know how sick I was. And then when I got off the train, I was like, I'm fucking sick. And I got in the house and I took a hot shower and I was like, I'm fucking sick. And uh, I went to the doctor and I had 102 fever. And oh, then wow. I came home and I got in bed and I was full on like fucking acute withdrawal sick. Yeah. Like, yes. like sick, it went up to 103 chills under the blanket yeah i forgot about that the sweating and the shaking yeah yeah, that yeah. was yeah i wake up in the middle of the night okay because I, I i think i went to bed at like seven at night or something and i wake up at at like three in the morning and i'm sick as shit but just jed, jed you have to understand that i'm like i work so much and when I'm not working, I have to take care of my children. And when I'm not doing either of those things, I'm obsessing about dopey. So mm. when I woke up in the middle of the night and I knew how sick I was, I was like psyched. I like I went downstairs. Did you get a break? I, yeah, because I because I knew the next day I wasn't doing shit. I yeah. was watching Lord of the Rings in the basement. Yeah. I'm not playing. Fuck this shit. But I, I get into the living room and I put on a the movie about the Beatles yesterday, you know, that movie where, yeah. where the world forgets that the Beatles existed in this Indian. Yeah. That's a English Danny Boyle movie with, um, Oh, the guy. No, not the guy from Slumdog. Is it? No, it might be. I don't think so. It's some, anyway. it's some very, very talented Indian actor. And I watched this movie and, and, and old John Lennon shows up at the end. I start crying my eyes out. Like, cause I'm so emotional because yeah, I'm sick. Cause you're so theater. delirious. Yeah, exactly. But it felt, and the best thing about it was it kind of felt like withdrawal, but I knew I wasn't going to cop to feel better. And I yeah. knew I wasn't, I, I was, and I knew I was going to get a couple days off and be sick. And then I was sick and then, but I didn't, I didn't get my smell or taste back for months. For See, months. that was what was terrifying me. And apparently that's kind of different. Well, so I also had one, dose of the vaccine so how long was your acute sickness less than a week okay but it was more than like two days you know what i think it, the acute cute was probably like two days but i stretched it because i wanted to be yeah. sick at home. <laughs> and you just you know lowered I mean? your voice i like that just because yeah, i see my i see linda walk, walk uh, the kitchen. no i did well i had so this is what's and i <laughs> I know for me and a few of my friends and judge me all you want, that's fine. But part of my initial hesitancy to get the vaccine, this is when I was killing myself working in residential treatment. I was like, I kind of want COVID because a two week vacation sounds incredible. And if I, I something I've learned, if I have a thought, I am not the only one that has had that thought. So I knew that that is some partial motivation. What in my naivety though, you know, cause I was thinking, uh, yeah, I have, it's like a two week break. I didn't really factor in that I would be deathly fucking ill. And I didn't like, I didn't want to do anything. Like it, it was just, and it was really hard for me because I'm so active and I'm always doing something, it's really hard for me to do nothing and and be okay with it and like right. not guilt. Feel guilty. It, right. Yeah, it sucks. It's like I can't. Uh, it's let my, me ask you this: 
when you were in, when you were at your worst using, were you active then? No. It's well, like, yes, no, I was, but right. like doing crime. Right. But you were, yeah. you were always on the go. Stop. Honestly, me. you just kind of, honestly, this was, this was part of the appeal of using for me was that it, it gave me purpose in almost every small thing that I did. So it was like, Every day I would wake up and you have essentially a, a series of missions to do. And so you accomplish your missions, then you get to kind of celebrate a successful mission. There's going to be some kind of problem that comes up. S somebody's going to get in some kind of crazy trouble. There's going to be some kind of crazy fucking drama that you can deal with. Y you know, it's, it's a very it is very satisfying in its own sick little way. It's like the worst life simulator that ever existed. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. got everything you need. It's got everything you need in life without any, with, with the exact opposite of having a purpose. Mm -hmm. you know? But it's like, but it's like every box is checked. I have to go somewhere today. I don't feel good. And I need to do something to make me feel better. I need to overcome obstacles and, and solve these problems. But in the yeah. end, it's like the worst life simulator that ever. Oh existed. yeah. Yeah. And it, it was, it's, I mean, and that's the, that's the, uh, the deception and the delusion of it was it gave meaningless things, uh, incredible meaning. When in, in reality, I mean, that, that that's I would always look back and just be like, I for all of my pageantry and busyness, I didn't get anything accomplished, nothing positive. I was just just cause either I was limited to uh, a 10 mile radius and I'm maybe going to interact with the same six or seven people. You know, in a bench, that circle just gets smaller and small. The, the deeper you go into like a hardcore drug addiction, the, the smaller and smaller your like radius becomes. Yeah, I mean, the, the, it's like, it's funny, you know, it makes me think of like, you remember in Breaking Bad where uh, he puts the, uh, the tracker on the car and you mm. see exactly where they drive. And it's like, we get into these ruts. Yes. And the interesting thing is that like, what you're describing is like, you get into this actual physical rut where you're going to the same places. And obviously the, the neuro rut, you know, the mental rut is insanity, you know, like, and even, so like you, everything about you is in a rut, you know, where you go, what you do, and then what you think about and what you need in order to be okay. It's, I mean, like that ruts are so interesting like that, especially, they are. you know, I, I think too, and this was like, whenever I have, um, some sort of milestone, like a birthday and I get inundated, it's like days like that, uh, when I'm able to sit down and really take in the gratitude for how many people, I touch as, as far as um, my life goes and how many people care about me and how many people I touch. And I think it would, or I know that it would surprise a lot of people that like see my life on social media and like I do this podcast and, and I think they, and to the outsider, I'm doing all these things that, seemingly bring me like fulfillment and, and all that stuff. And the, the truth more often than not, and we've talked about it is I am like afflicted with this overwhelming sense of not being enough. Nobody loves me. Um, unproductive drifting through life aimlessly, like pretty much the opposite of, what I would imagine some people would, would think right. that it's like to be me. And it's, I, I guess that it's kind of like the Robin Williams thing, I guess, where 
or when any kind of uh, the, sad the sad clown. Yeah, it's 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 very true. And I don't I, I'm sure there's some sort of connection to having that sort of mental state and being able to bring out parody and comedy because it's 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 like a it's a fantastic way of coping with how you really feel about the world like everything's just kind of a joke well the thing with robin williams and i don't think i'm not 100 percent about this but from what i understand he had uh louis body dementia yeah and, and louis body dementia my my father-in-law has louis body dementia and it is a terrible it's like the worst thing ever because you you lose your mind to the tune of like my you can't eat you can't talk you can't find words you can't tell a story my father-in-law is is, 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 is a great he's one of the most amazing people i've ever known in my life you know my father-in-law he was uh he, he, he came over uh, on the Queen Elizabeth in, 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 the, in the 40s, you know, when he was a kid from France, from World War II, France. And he, uh, he built up a painting business and he, he became a librarian and he's like jacked up and he's a boxer and he was in the Navy. And he was this tough guy, librarian, brilliant guy. And he gets this Lewy body dementia and he knew that uh, he wasn't going to be able to tell stories again. And he f- saw him losing his faculties, and now he can he can barely talk, and uh, he's doing okay, like he's stabilized. But 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 the thing with Robin Williams is, I think he saw the writing on the wall, and he got so scared yeah. of, uh, of of losing those things that he couldn't live with it. And I also think he relapsed in the midst of the whole thing. Yeah, which I you know. I can't say that I wouldn't do likewise, dude. Like, holy shit. If you no. knew, yeah. if, you, if you were given essentially like, hey, in six months from now, you will. Because I wonder what you're, I wonder how much your father-in-law is self-aware or At if. Point, it's drifted. And now he's also medicated. He, um. He was self-aware, and I don't think that thoughts of ending his life, uh, I, I think he had thoughts like that, um, but he wasn't going to do it. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. But, but I, I, it's tough, right? You, it's you know um, Matt Hughes, the UFC guy? No, but that doesn't mean anything. So Matt Hughes was this incredible UFC fighter, um, super devout Christian. He he got made fun of because he would do like he was on that uh the one season of the ultimate fighter and he would do bible studies like with his crew and i think he got hit by a tr- his truck got hit by a train some kind of horrible accident and right. he is like severely impaired like he he has like a um very some sort of very traumatic brain injury to where like he is significantly disabled now and it was a sad interview where he was like and it's in his um like broken disabled voice and he's Mm -hmm. like i you know i sometimes wish i could kill myself but then other people might think that if they were in my position, they can kill themselves and i just can't do that and it's just like god you're a good person Right, man. What, but it's such a burden. Have you seen this documentary about Val Kilmer? I saw it, and I want to watch it. Have you? Is it good? Yeah, it's crazy. It is. That's another sad story. Dude, it is crazy. Because it's like the most handsome guy in the world, the most articulate guy in the world, gets this throat cancer, and he can't talk except he has that kind of like that tracheotomy voice, but mm-hmm. it's way, way crazier than the normal trachea. I, you'd think at this point, technology could make like a voice of somebody, but he sounds, he sounds bad, but his son, right? His son has like the same voice as young Val and he narrates the whole movie. You got to watch oh, wow. it. Wow. Okay. What's, looking, what, what was it on Amazon? It's or? on Amazon. And it says, I think it's called Val. Yeah. Think. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, 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 really good. But let's get back to what you were talking about a second ago, which was you beating the shit out of yourself all yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, I had an epiphany yesterday. You ready? It seems yep. like you, you, you have me on your show often right after I've had an epiphany. But yesterday... I went and I got my, my six-year coin, right? Oh, I got, yeah, yeah. oh wait, 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 wait. Here we go. Vape Knox. Oh, yeah, man. The Vape Knox. Holy shit. Um, and they were reading how it works, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and they were talking about half measures, right? And they were like, half measures avail does nothing. And I'm... I'm very critical of myself that I'm not doing enough, that it, I'm not good enough. Like I, I can relate to a lot of the stuff you're talking about and, uh, and I'm, and, you know, like all that kind of stuff. And then I had this sort of epiphany about infinity, right? Infinity is like a not touchable number. It's an unknown number. And half of infinity is basically infinite in itself. Okay, I'm with you. So so it's like, if I'm doing my best, you know, like there isn't, it's like half measures availing us nothing. Like, what do you see it as meaning? Like, because you can use that kind of thing, half measures availed us nothing as a reason why you're not good enough. I do that all the time. Like, I'm like, I don't try hard enough. I don't, you know what I mean? But, but like, I think, what does it mean? Because you, you know, this book probably way better than I do. What does it mean to half measures availed us nothing? I think I think what it's supposed to mean is that don't do steps one through six and expect a spiritual awakening. I think right. that's its meaning. Right. So so but meanwhile, I'm like, I don't try hard enough. I don't do enough work around my program. I, yeah. Therefore, it, it, yes. I suck. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and in that moment yesterday where I'm out, I'm at the meeting on the beach and I'm just like, you know what? I, I try very hard uh, to to. To, to work a program, to be, to do the next right thing, to do these things. Like there is no, there is no, I can never, like we are not saints. I could never do everything that I would want to do. And even if I could do half of what I wanted to do, that would still be trying and that's worth celebrating. And that's what I say to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you do so much good stuff and it's like, it's worth celebrating. And I, I, I do feel myself, having a mental shift into I think that's what this season of my life is is I think that's where the spiritual and life growth is what it's going to be about is is being easier on myself um because it, it just keeps coming up and I do you know I've heard it from enough people now including my therapist um which I had like she had just asked me um, about like my relationship with God and, and like some other stuff. And it just came out how like I hold, I, I still am stuck on, on rules and legalism. And that is where the, the program and rehabs have really also done a number on me because you got to understand you know, from essentially ages 15 to 27, I have been indoctrinated in facilities and 12-step meetings that have just drilled a few things into my head. And I'm realizing a lot of that is fucking harmful. Some of those things are like, um, you know, the all or nothing mentality where if, if you're not doing something perfectly, then you're failing it entirely. Um, not understanding the difference between keeping secrets and having privacy and having having a podcast where I literally, you know, spill my guts to Internet strangers, I and I used to do that thing too, where like every new person I meet, I would kind of vomit all of my shit at them, all these secrets that, and I would wonder why some people would kind of look at me crazy. And then I would suffer because they would treat me differently 
knowing this vulnerable information about myself that I shouldn't have told them. Right. It's, it's like, I told, I told you this, so you'll take care of me. Not so you'll yeah. treat me like I'm a crazy Oh, person. a funny What's story. What's wrong with you? A funny story about that. Me and my, and Brad, who's been on this podcast, we, when, uh, the group of people that I was like living with and hanging out with um, in, in Louisiana, when I was using, I got Brad to move out here for the first time. And this was fuck 2007, eight, something like that. And we would get drunk and we would tell them all the stories of the times we were like, you know, shooting Coke and we were prodigious thieves. And we would tell all these stories and so there was this incident where um, somebody broke into the, it was like, a, we were living in a house with like fucking eight people that lived there and somebody broke in and stole everybody's laptops. And like back then, you know, that was a huge fucking deal. And who do you think they went to? The two guys who had told them that we were huge thieves and like, we didn't fucking do it, but like we, absolutely (laughs) caught that charge you know what i mean as far as that in the group's eyes so it was like that was kind of when i realized like oh maybe be cool about the things that you're saying to people um because they can use it against you they can use it against you it's like you have the right to remain silent because everything you say can be used against you you know what i mean And, and sometimes subconsciously too it's it's like you can't you can't unsay and you can't unhear certain things. So if I hear you say something about yourself, then I'm going to be filtering almost everything that you do through certain lenses. And and I might not even be conscious of it. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's just, I'm uh, it's a, it's shit. is just, it's a crazy time, man. It's a crazy time. It is a crazy time. And also just like, we don't know what's happening with the world. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like you talked about like getting two weeks off when you, when you got COVID or, or, or wanting more time off and think about all the people that got the, uh, the unemployment and didn't work for, for two years. Like, I mean, like as much as like that sounded very appealing to me, like they have to go back in a second. You know what I mean? That's got to be a fucking rude awakening. Oh, God. Yeah. Can you well, imagine? You no. fucking, you got this crazy unemployment for 18 months. And now it's like, it's like the first day of school. And you oh, haven't yeah. been to school in years, you know? Well, and that's, uh, I'm still working. Um, I'm still working with some teenagers at my new job. And they are uh, like, just listening to their, because ex- I'm like, what is, like, what is school like now? And especially with COVID, like, they just started again. I'm like, what is going on? And none of it, like, nobody really knows. This, this is the thing. It's like, nobody, it's, it seems like, and that's what me and my therapist were talking about, too, uh, about being easy on yourself, because it's, it would be one thing if the world right now was a safe and comfortable place, but it's, it's, it's almost no wonder. What am I trying to say here? It's like, it's no wonder that my head is so screwed up when, when the world is like this. Um, Everything is every, it's like, everything is kind of cattywampus and up in the air and, and I've said Caddy it Wampus. It's a good word. What is that word? It just means like foobar, like like right side up, I think. What is caddy? Foobar? What is what are these words you're throwing out? Foobar is I... a military fucked up beyond all recognition. What's the other it's one? It's an acronym. Uh, there's another acronym like that. What is the other acronym like that? Uh I don't remember. It's oh, like, wait. Caddy Wampus means in disarray or disorder. Askew. Where did that come from? Caddy Wampus. Uh, that's a good, I'm about to look. That's, a that's like question. a bad 90s band name. Caddy Wampus. Uh, apparently it was like. A f- I don't know. 
It might be uh, an old Scottish slang. Okay, let me ask you a question, Jed. Okay, I'm changing the subject real yeah, quick. Yeah, do it. With the Mandalorian, right? Uh-huh. At the end of the Mandalorian, and, and spoiler alert for any uh, congregation members that might not have seen the Mandalorian, if you haven't seen it by now, that's you know, on you. That's, that's on, on you. you. At the end of the Mandalorian, in a glorious sequence, Luke Skywalker shows up to take the young. What's this called? What's the Grogu? Grogu. Grogu, uh, I, I would imagine to Dagobah, right? Where, where, where would you imagine he takes him? Um, that is a good question. Uh, I would I think, imagine Dagobah. That's just my imagination. Yeah. Where would you imagine? Well, in in what used to be canon, which it's not anymore, but he had he started his own Jedi temple. I want to say it was on like Yavin or something. Okay. So like what but he's the, he's got a Jedi temple somewhere. So what's coming up? Like what is the next season of The Mandalorian? Like what's going to happen? Are uh, we going to see Luke? Are we going to see gonna like, be, the guys from the movie? Are we going to see Han Solo? Like is he going to show no, up? He's probably only going to be well that there's a bunch so some people think uh so they did they hired if you you know what deep fake is right no tell me it's that technology where you can put your face on my body for instance and make you say whatever you want right it's it's yeah deep fake technology so there was this artist that fixed air quotes uh the luke skywalker cgi with his own he superimposed mark hamill's actual face onto the character in the Mandalorian and it looked a lot better. So Lucasfilm Disney hired that artist, which means that they probably have plans for more Luke, but he's probably just going to be, I don't think he's going to be a main character unless he gets his own uh, show. Like they're doing Ahsoka, her own show. Obi-Wan is getting his own show, which Hayden Christensen is going to be back as Darth Vader, probably in like, flashbacks or something um but it's gonna be it's gonna be grand admiral thrawn is gonna be the next big villain in mandalorian yes because they 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 mentioned that's who um the moth um what's his name uh breaking bad which one? Oh, yeah, Gus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gus, yeah, Gus. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, who yeah. he works for is Grand Admiral Thrawn. He's the Are guy behind the for, scenes. You're excited for the next season? What, what do you think they're oh, going to do with yeah. Mando? What are they going to do with Mando? What's he going to do? That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't, well, I think he's going to go find... Um, I think it's going to be about him. He's got the Darksaber now, so something going back to the planet or like leading the man. I don't know. I'm... Hell yeah, I'm, ex- I'm more excited about the Boba Fett show. What's the Boba Fett show? Uh, it's probably going to be him like taking over the galactic criminal underworld because he took uh, Jabba or the um, the dude that took over Jabba's palace. So that's going to be it's going to be hopefully it's going to be like a Sopranos with Boba Fett. Wow, that sounds good, dude. It's like I. I was so joyfully watching that Mandalorian show. Um, and I, and I like, like I take a step back. Like I, I was crazy geeked out with this stuff, but like I've taken a step back from it, but with the Mandalorian, I just watched it like every second I could watch it. I watched it. And um, you know, it's like, thank God that they give us something, you know, what oh. I mean? thank God there's something good coming out for us to watch. Did you watch this show? White Lotus? No, but I'm always on the lookout for good shows. Somebody else is that with uh, Alexandria Daddario? Who's she? Was she in uh, Euphoria? No, she was not in Euphoria. That's did you watch Euphoria? Yeah, that dude, that was almost there were like a few. It that is like my porn where it's like they capture the teenage drug using experience better than any show I've ever seen in my entire life. Like they nailed it. That whole, 
like Rue was me, dude, like just trying to just blot out her life that really isn't that bad, but like it is that bad to her. It was oh, so good. The thing so I loved about good. it, it was also just the music in it. Yeah. It so good. And so like, not like anything else. And, and it was shot beautifully. Yes. And everybody's so beautiful. Like, yes. yeah, that, that show is amazing. I'm ready for the next season of that. Well, what is White Lotus? White Lotus is like, it's kind of like absurdist show on HBO. It's kind of like a comedy about this resort in Hawaii. And I didn't like it at first, but now I've gotten, I'm, I'm all of a sudden happily watching it because like how many times can I watch The Sopranos or how many times can I watch The Wire? And it's like, I, I'm tempted like to turn on The Wire again. I, I put on The Sopranos I'm- again. I can't fucking watch it anymore. I can't, I can't do it again. You know what I've been imagining? I've been imagining a show kind of a la like what you're talking about with this deep fake business where like the show like would follow Christopher instead of Tony, you yeah. know, where, where you get all the action, oh. but like from a different point of view. Oh, 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 did you see the trailer for the yeah, Sopranos yeah, yeah. movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Many Saints of Newark. And you know, Christopher is the narrator in that shit. I, so I, I've never watched The Sopranos all the way through. Oh, dude, get get in there. I, I got man. I got I got to like, well, man, like the end this, isn't that great. It's well, like and the, this is and I yeah, I, I know what happens. No, no, no. I was saying it, it and I'm having this problem with The Wire also. And I had this problem with Oz and the first season of The Sopranos where, dude, I mean, it's in like letterbox format and it's. Right so dated i can't believe how dated it is and it's just hard maybe not the wire as much but oz oz is oz is like a piece of shit oz is like a guilty pleasure that's a fucking corny show that's like with the fucking narrator that's like the that narrator is the worst you know what i mean he is the worst but the character he plays you know, the guy in the mm-hmm. wheelchair. I can't mm-hmm. even think of his name anymore. I watched Oz like I was in jail. You like, need, I watched Oz like I was in Oswald. You need to watch Boardwalk Empire. I didn't love it. Have you I watched mean, I, all of it? I think so. I just, I, oh, I, think I, bullshit. I don't think I, I think so. I think I did, but I, I should go back. Maybe I'll, I think I did. That show changed a lot, right? It started uh, one way and it changed a lot. It got better. Yeah, it I, got I better. Just, yeah, the first season was a little rough. I'll go back. I'll go back. The Sopranos didn't end great, but just James Gandolfini's so great, you know? And The yeah. Wire, the fifth season of The Wire, to me, is the worst thing that ever happened in television. Like, I find that, like, that's... That, was that the last season or something? Yeah, yeah. That season of The Wire... Uh, it like destroyed my faith in humanity. To be honest, with you. is it kind of like, like the eighth season of Game of Thrones? In a way, yeah. I mean, that that wires- is incredible because never before in history has a a last think of any other property the last season of a show, specifically like like two episodes of a show, destroyed. A billion dollar franchise. I mean, overnight. Well, overnight. Gotta, it's amazing with Game of Thrones, though, because Game of Thrones, like that, that's very specific situation, right? You have that guy, what's his name? G.G. Martin, G.R. Martin. What's the guy's yeah. name? Right? J.R.R. Uh, Martin. He writes G.R.R. Martin. He writes Game of Thrones, right? But he doesn't write the ending. And no, supposedly he gave them his outline for the ending. But like that was from it. him. No, that was from him. Because what I was saying, what it felt like to me, you know, like the th- the number one thing that killed Game of Thrones, the number one thing was that fucking Khaleesi and Jon Snow, the chemistry was so bad. And, and they both, what the fuck happened? What, what's happened here? Hold on. Nothing. I can still see. Okay. The chemistry is so bad. And then we, we, we've we come to know the Khaleesi. And mm-hmm. her slipping into madness happens too quickly right. for it to be believable. And then all of a sudden, 
were stuck in fucking Bran. Oh, they should have killed God. off Bran before puberty. Like yeah. Bran, Bran becoming a man was like he was such a great kid, and then he's he was so a great bad. kid. Dude, the end of that show, I'm like literally on my couch yelling at the TV. And all of my friends are like, no, Dave, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Nope. I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah, because I was not. looking at, I, I remember being like, hold on, dude. I remember the realization that like, there's two episodes left. There's no way I'm going to be satisfied with where they're going. No, this is what happened. So the writers, uh, David and DB, HBO came to them and were like, make as many seasons as you want for as much money as you want, like keep this shit going. They got an offer to write a new star Wars. It was either a movie or a trilogy. So they wanted out. So they ended it in one season. That's why it was just fucking rushed and thrown together. Cause the, and I guess I can, I can, but just pass it off then instead of killing it. But like, I can get it. They were tired. I mean, that was what probably 10 years of their life devoted to one project. I'm sure you kind of get tired of it, but that's literally what, and because it failed so righteously, they lost the star Wars gig. Oh, good. Then they, they reap what they sowed. Fucking you know, like, right. Like, like, like breaking bad. Okay. Like the end of breaking bad, like the, the I think it was a seven, seven series long, Seven six, seasons long. Six. Okay. The, the, seven. the fifth season wasn't spectacular. The sixth season, they were like, we're not fucking with our fans. They were like, mm -hmm. we are going to end this in a way that is going to be satisfying and, and mind-blowing. Incredible. And they like did That guy, uh, what's his face? I don't I can't think of Gus. I can't think of his name, but he's a brilliant guy. He did. He took care of us as an the guy that wrote it. Yeah, the guy what? who directed it and wrote it and saw yeah, the whole what thing the through. Fuck? What the fuck was his name? It's a G name. He, he, yeah, he put, but but he was brilliant, and and the fact that he gave us that ending was such a kind. Vince Gilligan. Vince Gilligan. Gilligan. Yeah, it was just such a kind thing. The oh. ending of that show was was so satisfying and then he gave us el camino, el camino. which was even more sad because i always wondered that was funny because that was my biggest thing i was like well jesse doesn't have any money he's on the run what the fuck is he gonna do and what does vince do he just hands him a happy ending and better call saul is almost at this point tied with me for liking it as much as breaking bad so I gave that up too. I, I think you are smoking crack again. Six years, my ass, bro. Dude, I just, it, you know what it is? It's like, you need to, it's like you, it's like set and setting. You need to be in the right position in your life to really enjoy something proper. Set and setting. And, and like, I just couldn't fucking like, uh, I enjoyed, I, I gotta, I mean, but listen, that's a good thing. Like I can get back into better call saw. It's dude. Yes. I'm telling you it's, it is. A, it's a different. It's a slower burn. It is so. I love worth him. The investment, though. I'll do it. I'll so do it. But the, the investment. The thing with this White Lotus, it's like this absurdist kind of comedy, but it's like very heavy addiction, and oh. Uh, oh. and it's like and it's like it's fun. Um, it's not like super high quality. But it's like I'm happy. I'm I'm excited to watch. I'm excited to jump back into it tonight. And everybody's very good looking, and it's in Hawaii. It's a great escapist thrill. I uh, there's a there's a there's a I'll just say this. There's a hotel manager who's sober, and there are these two. Remember, you know the girl in Euphoria, like one of the very hot girls in Euphoria. Uh, you will have to narrow it down. Um, the very the blonde. The one that was riding the carousel. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Say no more, um, fam. <laughs> and um, she's the daughter in White Lotus, right? I will watch and, it then. And she's traveling with her friend, and they like the first night. They're like, "Oh, I wish we had some drugs." And they open up this bag. Like she's like, "Oh, I only have Adderall," and the other girl's like, "Well, I only have Xanax." Oh, I guess I have a few Clonopin. And the other girl's like, "Oh, oh shit, I found some weed." And the other girl's like, oh, "I found ketamine." And they have this crazy bag of drugs when they thought they didn't have any. And and the manager of the hotel is sober, and 
and he's like really stressed out and he finds their bag of drugs. Okay. Dude. That's just, that's all I'm going to give you. All right. Me. All right. I'm, I'm going to check it out. I, I, my recommendation is going to be, um, nine perfect strangers on hulu my wife when linda's like watch linda wants to watch it so we'll watch it's awesome and it'll it's awesome it's awesome now with half measures availing us nothing my point with that is like if you're trying like you're trying if you're and if you're living well like just check the box and be like it's okay you know what i mean you don't you and like i think one of the greatest conversations that you and i had what was obviously not on the show but it was about prayer and specific prayer like that shit is really like an amazing tool like it's not it was funny we were i was like you were telling me some shit and i was like why don't you ask god to like step in with that and you were like well i asked god to forgive me for my sins and i was like just ask him for help man you yeah, I mean? no, it was, it was, it was, it was ask God to help you be easier on yourself. And, right. I, and I, and I realized that like, oh, but I typically just say, oh dear God, forgive me. And it, it was a very poignant moment where I realized that like, I'm not, am I like, I'm not forgiving myself. Therefore I'm not accepting God's forgiveness. Well, it's a, it's, it's just one of those times and we, we didn't get to it tonight, but we'll, we will talk about it. There's just a lot, there's a lot going on in my life right now. And I'm, I'm, uh, trying to find the right time to share it with the congregation. Some of you know already, but, um, Sometimes it's good just to talk about TV. Yeah, man, I needed that. I needed that. And relax. Like you don't need to fucking solve every problem. The greatest thing I ever hear at a meeting is is we should be wearing it like a loose garment because it's all too hard. Like what do we need to fucking break ourselves? Like you're doing great. Do you know what I'm saying? And yeah. I'm doing okay too. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, I, I I definitely I definitely could um and I can remember a time, which is funny too. It's just funny how how all this stuff works. I can certainly remember a time when the idea that you would suggest to me to pray that never would have came out of your mouth. Exactly. You were not. You were not that person six years ago. No, I was not. I was not at all. I wasn't that person. It's like it happened for me because I needed it. You know what I mean? I needed it. And it makes me want to cry to even think about that. Like, uh, like I was in a lot of trouble and I was in sobriety and I was in so much pain and I, I wound up getting a new sponsor and, and he was just like, he was all about prayer and about that. His God is love. And that like, what, what else is there? And you need to ask for help and you need to be specific. And if you're obsessing or going nuts, you need to go to God. And like, even though that was like very abstract to me, when someone instructed me to do it and I was so alone and lost, I was like, I'm going to do that. You know what I'm saying? And it, and it worked, yeah. you know, I, but I, but I'm sitting, I'm sitting with my daughter, right. I'm sitting with my daughter outside of the pet store, trying to like plant a seed in her, in, in the possibility of God, because like I was, how old is God. she? She's 11. Oh, geez. I would have been, I, I've been done, said the sinner's prayer 47 times by the time I was 11. Dude, she's like, I, one time I tried to tell her to pray and she thought she got scared. She said she thought she heard God say that God hates her. Hates her. Oh, so that, no. You know, that's but, like John told me a funny story about how like one of his sons, he's like, I think I took this, uh, liberal parenting thing too far because i guess one of his sons like was like i don't believe in god and he was like oh no i think it, you know, so kids, kids kids are so fickle though i'm sure he already changed his mind again but but that's so funny nor Nora is like she she doesn't particularly believe in god she but i i tried to i tried to give her the uh i was like you know what bob marley says i was like there's a natural mystic blowing through the air. Like an 11 year old can understand that there's that, what that means. And I well, think it, she does. Yeah. Well, and there's, so there was an interesting science study that says like, even if you 
like the developmental benefits for a child believing in God are so great that they're like, even if you don't believe in God, like lie for your kid, because like there are a ton like verses growing up an atheist or like a nihilist or, you know, whatever term they have for it. But there's, there's just such a good behavioral, cognitive, emotional, all these benefits to believing in God and having that framework that you should. Um, I, I think with, with my kids, eventually I just want to completely do my best to avoid any talk of, of a God that is keeping score or that is, right. is like, I don't even want to, like, I don't want to bring up hell at all. Well, I had no, Jews don't have hell. Like we didn't have any hell. Yeah. I talked to that rabbi Asher. Yeah. Gottelsman. Yeah. 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 He, he actually gave He's me, smart dude. yeah, he gave me, um, it was really weird being on his show though. It was very, I didn't like it. It was just, it was weird. Um, he gave me that the great, I think it was him or maybe it was another rabbi I talked to, but he said that, um, if you imagine your life is like a wet piece of rope and as you're going through life, you're dragging it through the mud. And so it's getting all this shit on it. And by the time you die, it's caked with mud. And he said, you can imagine hell like a tiny metal ring that is just enough room to get the rope through. And then you yank the rope through the ring and the metal ring rips off all that mud and shit. And so on the other side is this clean rope and hell is the process of ripping off the shit. So it's going to be painful and scary and frightening, but necessary as like a purification thing. And I thought that was a super cool image. Yeah. I mean, my dad was just like, there's no, there's no hell. My dad's also like, there's no heaven. Um, but there was, but you know what, you know what I really want to ask you about before, before it's over. Yeah. Like my favorite thing. Okay. And, and, and like my understanding of God, like I didn't do this on purpose, but my understanding of God is like the star Wars understanding of the force, a, a, a unifying force that binds all living things together. It's like, that mm -hmm. seems like the most perfect God description ever. It does. It to me, it's missing the relational aspect. Meaning, meaning, I I prefer the idea of a father son. Like this, this yes, right. he is the ground of all being, but at the same time, he wants, he desperately wants a relationship with me and with you that's nice like, i don't he I, loves you which i, I don't know like, any, think, like think think if that is true if if the the thing the being that created every single thing in this universe loves dave and wants to have a relationship with him at the cost of you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's what's the cost? Well, according to Christianity, one of the costs was and if you really think about it in these terms of how like just imagine you create fucking humans you made them and then you become one just to see what's up and you have to sit there and let them kill you. Kill you. Right. Like, think about that. It like I, I compare it to, you know, when this is and this is like such a shallow comparison, but it just it's that thing where like uh you see a super good movie that nobody has ever seen, right? Or you listen to a band that nobody hears about, and then all of a sudden they blow up and get popular and nobody recognizes that you were at the were forefront there. of that. Yeah. Right, right, right. It's like that feeling times a fucking kajillion. It's like, do you know who I ain't? Like, do you understand? Like I gave you the ability to kill me and you're going to kill. Like that is. Did like, Jesus tell them that? No. 
Well, no. he said, he said, forgive them. They know not what they do. Like literally like you don't, he did say that to uh, Pontius Pilate when he was like, do you not understand that I have the authority to kill you? And he goes, do you not understand that any authority you have was given to you by my father? He says that. Yeah. Mic drop. Well, listen. yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's all very interesting stuff. I, I am very happy with it being a binding force in the universe. That seems very, it seems very good for me. You that, know what that, I'm saying? That force wants to be friends with you, Dave. Well, I'm, I'm friends. We're friends. We're down. Life is good. You know what Hell I mean? Yeah. And, and, and I, and I totally, um, am down, you know what I mean? Like to, to, to take a stab at connecting to it. Like I talked, I mean, I pray every are. morning. Yeah. You know, I, I, mean, I put you my are. head against the ground every morning and I talk to God. It's just, um, I find it mysterious, but that's okay with me. You well, and I, mean? I think, I, I think there's no, I mean, I think I'm literally, and this is for myself too. It's like, I'm literally looking at hard evidence that God is real where like, I know you and I know how you used to behave and I know how you are currently behaving and something changed. That's for sure. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's, it's, it's a miracle it's, in itself. Yeah. Fucking. It's a miracle that me and you are sitting here alive. Complaining about game of complaining Thrones. about game of Thrones and, 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 uh, and, and feeling good about God. Those are, those are amazing things. No, dude, yeah. it's, it's like, and it's like, yeah. I mean, one of the greatest evidences of God for me is just that like our capacity to love, you know what I mean? Like you and me yeah. never even met. You know what I mean? No, I know. It's like, it's it's pretty, pretty remarkable. It's a pretty remarkable world. It is. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta rectify that dude. We'll we'll figure it out. One day. One day. All right, Dave. I love you, buddy. Love you too, man. Thank you for having me on. Yes, sir. Oh, send me an email. Church and other drugs at gmail.com. I just made a new Johnny cash t-shirt. You should go check it out, Dave, at storefrontier.com slash church and other drugs um, and patreon.com slash church and other drugs. I'll find a different harbor to lay my anchor in. again no but I'm still full of the love you are still waking up beneath it all and I'm still full of the love you are I'll reach for you I'm free Your heart is locked up and I still get the combination wrong Or are you simply waiting to save your love for someone I am not?